0: good morning and welcome to church this morning. I'm glad that you're here. I think the majority are still in the foyer, but maybe as we start singing, we will woo them in. I invite you to turn in your hymn books this morning uh, to song number 106, Praise Him, Praise Him. Jesus, our blessed Redeemer.
1: There's the crew.
2: Is from Psalm 71. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel.
0: For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long.
2: Do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. For my enemies speak against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say, God has forsaken him. Pursue him and seize him, for no one will rescue him. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly, God, to help me. May my accusers perish in shame. May those who want to harm me Be covered with scorn and disgrace
0: as for me i will always have hope i will praise you more and more my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds of your saving acts all day long though i know not how to relate them all i will come and proclaim your mighty acts sovereign lord i will proclaim your righteous deeds yours alone since my youth god you have taught me And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Please bow with me in prayer. God, you are our refuge, our deliverer, our hope. In times of trial and hardship, may we remember those truths. In times of joy, may we acknowledge that you are the giver of blessing. As we gather together this morning, may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing and acceptable to you. Amen. Please join us in singing, I will sing of my Redeemer.
1: From death to life hath brought me Son of God with him to be sing or oh, sing of my redeemer, sing or oh, sing of my
2: bow together in a confession prayer. Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness in advance. Thank you for covering all the sins we have ever committed or ever will commit. And with that confidence, we come to you and we open our minds and our hearts to you to invite you to search us, to know our anxious thoughts, to know our selfishness, and we confess those things to you now in the silence. Jesus, we receive your forgiveness. We look to the cross and we know without a doubt that it is all paid for. All of our sins, selfishness, our fears and doubts Anything that would separate us from you has been swept aside and covered by your blood. So we thank you and we rejoice today in your love. Amen. We're going to sing a couple of songs of grace and assurance, so please stand as we do that. Wonderful Grace of Jesus, number 198. And I point out the number because this is one of those songs where if you can read notes, it helps you to follow along with some really good harmonies and stuff in this song. So 198, Wonderful Grace of
1: Jesus. describe it where shall its praise be Grace of Jesus, deeper than the mighty rolling sea, higher than the mountain, sparkling like a fountain, full sufficient grace for even me, broader than the scope of my transgressions, sing it greater far than all my sin and shame, my sin and shame. Oh, magnify the precious name. grace of Jesus deeper than the mighty rolling sea higher than the mountain sparkling like a fountain all sufficient grace for even me broader than the scope of my transgressions sing it greater for than all my sin and shame my sin and shame oh, man for the precious name. of Jesus, deeper than the mighty rolling sea, higher than the mountains, sparkling like a fountain, all sufficient grace for even me. Broader than the scope of my transgressions, sing it, greater far than all my sin and shame I see. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life When the clouds unfold their wings of strife When the strong tides lift and the cables strain Will your anchor drift or firm That keeps the soul Steadfast and sure While the billows roll Fastened to the rock Which cannot move Grounded firm and deep In the Savior's love It is safely moored Till the storms withstand For it is well secured Hand. And the cables passed from his heart to mine Can defy that blast through strength divine We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move grounded firm and deep in the Saviour's love. When our eyes behold through the gathering night the city of gold, our harbour bright, we shall anchor fast by the heavenly shore with the storm. while the billows roll, fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love.
0: You may be seated. Our scripture reading this morning is found in Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him then pharaoh's daughter went down to the nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the river bank she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it she opened it and saw the baby he was crying and she felt sorry for him this is one of the hebrew babies she said then his sister asked pharaoh's daughter
3: Please bow with me now for dismissing Little Ones to Children's Church. Our God, we thank you for each and every one of the little ones in our congregation. We pray now as they go to Children's Church that it is a wonderful time of learning, that you will show yourself to them in new ways, and that you'll be with the teacher as well. We pray also for the service. We pray, Lord, make yourself known in the ways that we need to see you most. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. As you can tell from my voice, I had a pretty wonderful head cold during the week, but on the upside, this wonderful manly bass as I like to call it. It's a it really adds gravity to everything. If you have your uh bulletins ony, now's the time to take them out. And there we will find right at the top, Kids Connect 6:30 p.m. this coming Wednesday, talking to Christine and a couple other volunteers. The kickoff this past week went really well, and so that is definitely a blessing right there. We want to continue to pray for Kids Connect. We want to continue to pray. It is a blessing to all of those involved and all of the kids that come as well. Uh, But 6.30 p.m., uh, is there a need for more snacks? Yes, there's always need for more snacks if you care to bring them. So talk to Amy uh, in the back, and she'll tell you what they need. Uh, Next, prayer meeting. It says 7 o'clock there, but we're actually going to change that up. Uh, It's going to be 6.45 p.m. Prayer meeting is going to be here at the church, and it's going to be in the room in the back with the couches. That way, uh, the prayer meeting can still go on, sneak in the back while Kids Connect is going on, and they... I uh, can pray for each other as the night goes on. So 6.45 here at the church on Wednesday in the back room with the couches. There's also chairs in there if couches might be a tad too comfortable. Going on Thursday, 7.30, uh, high school girls Bible study. That'll be at Bethany's, so make sure to keep that in mind next Sunday. 9.45 Sunday school in 10.45 uh, the worship service. The deacon installation is actually today, and so look forward to that after the sermon is done. Skipping down, November thirteenth at two thirty, Altenfest is coming back. Senior celebration. Uh, it's at the Summerfeld Church. Rhineland is on deck. Unfortunately, that is also the day that we are on for the care home service. So that will be going on at three o'clock as well. So uh, you have your pick. If you're not going to senior celebration, then dropped by the care home service as well that is also a wonderful thing uh it's a wonderful time uh november 19th eight thirty a.m valley view men's breakfast uh you can text uh, 204-574-8097 to rsvp for that uh the yfc fundraising banquet is coming up on november 19th uh 6 p.m is when doors open Yes, when doors open at 6.30 is when the meal starts. You need to RSVP for that as well and do that ASAP. You can do that on the YFC uh, website. And Sprucedale is having their fundraising supper on November 25th. So keep that in mind. Uh, also, Circle Square is having theirs on, I believe, the 25th as well here at the church. That's not the 25th. Check out the midweek email. The actual date's on there. So... Keep that in mind. Any more announcements? All right. Uh, Then we look at our items for prayer. We want to pray for Gordon Christine, who are going to be installed as deacons later on in the service today. Uh, Pray a blessing on their ministry as deacons, Uh, of course. We want to pray for Kids Connect. Uh, Noelle is on there. As many of you know, we have been waiting very patiently for uh, an appointment to get her... Uh, in to be screened for ASD, like Autism Spectrum. And finally, after a year and a half of waiting, that appointment is going to be this coming Wednesday in the afternoon. So we'd ask for prayer for that, Uh, just just in general. Ask for prayer for that. Uh, And then, besides that, uh, a blessing and a thankfulness for all of the people that came out for the workday yesterday, Uh, and I'd encourage you after the service, go out there, check it out. There is a lot of wonderful work that was done to put up the new picnic shelter. It's looking really great. Uh, I believe I have uh, Theo and Lyndon and Sheldon to thank for that because they stayed well into the afternoon, and it is looking pretty amazing. And then there was so many people that came out to help with all of the trees as well, and those are all down now, and it's finally... I thank you for everyone that came out and did all of the hard work you did. It was very much so appreciated. So uh, we want to say thank you to the Lord for each and every one of them. And again, after the service is done, head out on there, have a look around. It's amazing what was all done. So with all those things said, let's go into a time of prayer. God, we first off come before you in thanks. Lord, we want to say thank you for yesterday. We want to say thank you for... Each and every one of the people that came out, we want to say thank you for the hard work that they put in. We want to say thank you for what it is that they have achieved, and we want to say thank you for the safety that the day had as well. God, it means so much. And so, Lord, we want to say thank you for them. And while we are saying thank you, we also want to say thank you for Kids Connect as well. Lord, we thank you that the launch went so well. We thank you that you have already used it to build your kingdom in ways that we don't even know yet. And so, Lord, we pray that it continues to go well also. We pray that you continue to use it to speak to the kids of the community, as well as to teach the volunteers new things about who you are in ways that they didn't think possible before, that we put before you as well. But thank you for Kids Connect. Thank you for the volunteers there. Thank you for working there. And God, we want to say thank you for the Murrays also. They have done a lot of work on Kids Connect, and now as they step into this new ministry as deacons of our church, Lord, that puts us in a state of awe also. And so, God, we pray bless them in that ministry we pray bless them as they serve the church in that way and they build your kingdom in that way and lord we also pray put into us a thankfulness for the work that they do over the months and years to come as well and god we also want to bring noel before you this morning lord we thank you so very much that finally after all of this waiting the appointment is coming up and god we pray that. You were there with the specialists and with Noel and with us this coming Wednesday afternoon as well. Lord, we pray, work through it. And we look forward to seeing the future that you bring for her. All of these things we bring before you this morning. And we say thank you for each of them. In your name we pray, amen. All right. This morning we're going to do something kind of weird for me very weird for me. As I mentioned, head cold, you can hear it. And the problem with that is, is that I wrote the sermon on Thursday, and that was kind of the worst of it. And so I was taking all of the cold medication that I could get my hands on. And I don't know if you've ever tried to write something while you have been on cold medication, but what made perfect sense at the time, when I read it last night, did not. It might have been written by a toddler with a crayon for all that kind of came out in the end. But I have a rough idea of what I was that I meant to say, as profound as it is, so I'm just going to try to swing it. So, I feel I've been here long enough now that if I completely mess that up, then you'll forgive me and know that I did. <laughs> I did really try. So, As you know from our passage and our scripture reading, we are in Exodus 2. And so I'd encourage you to open your Bibles there. Exodus 2, uh, that is the birth of Moses. And before we get there, we have to talk about another passage. Because this one is very, very clearly referencing back to something that's happened in scripture before this. We spent a fair chunk of time already in our discussion of what it means to live in faithfulness. Uh, talking about creation was the entirety of one of the sermons. We kept coming back to it as well. And when we talk about creation, we often just revolve around Genesis 1, 2, and then a little bit of 3, right? Like God created the heavens and the earth. He said it was good. Genesis 1, Genesis 2, God created man, breathed life into him. They went off and named all the critters. And then Genesis 3 is the fall. But... The creation narratives that happen in Genesis, they go on far longer than that. They go on straight through till the end of the flood. We don't really think of the flood as creation. We think of it more as a destruction. But that—that—that that, that is what it is because in the story of the flood, sin gets so out of hand that the only way that it can be dealt with, the only way that things can be set right, the only way things are purified, just wipe the slate clean, save for the righteous, save for uh, Noah and his family, and then all of the, the critters. Are, I think that there's that song going through each of our heads about the place in the choir right now. But um, And then that is how the new creation comes after the waters recede. It is the story of how things came to be, the origin of what is. And in that story, what we get is we get an explanation of purification. We get an explanation of salvation of sorts. The way that it came around there is as Noah listened and lived in faithfulness to God and because of that his family is saved in the future for at least a time without the scourges of that terrible sin go on. And that's something that you see a lot going through Scripture. Scripture has this tendency to always point back to earlier passages. And when it does so, it, it does so to remind us that that's kind of how we are meant to read this. And it points back to the creation stories quite a lot. You get the, the original creation where God made something and said it was good. We get the fall where there is such a specific and outrageous sin that something has to happen And then we get the purification and the cleansing of a flood of some sort. And now we look at Exodus 2. Exodus 2 verse 1. We're told that there was a Levite and a a woman of Levi who was his wife. And they gave birth to a little boy. The Levites are the tribe of Israel, that their whole bit is is that they show people to God. They're the the priests. They speak on God's behalf. That's what the Levites do. And then she gives birth to her son. And the first thing that we are told, and really the only thing we're told about Moses at this point, is that he is fine. That's a really interesting word right there. Because when we read fine, I think we think it means handsome or something like that. But fine, very much so translates in in Hebrew to mean something like good. And so what we have in the story of Moses' birth is a woman that is speaking on behalf of God. And that's literally the only thing we're told about her. She is from Levi. And she is looking down at this little baby that she has created, little Moses. And she says that he is good. And so right there, we're kind of getting a little bit of echoes going back to creation. And in Exodus 1, the passage right before this, we're told the story of Pharaoh. We're told the story of how God was very, very good at keeping his promise to Abraham, that he would cause Abraham's descendants to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And Pharaoh doesn't like that very much. Pharaoh takes it as a complete, like a challenge to his power almost. He takes this will of God as an affront to him. And so what he does first off is he enslaves the Hebrew people. The first command God ever gives us in Genesis 1, go forth and multiply. I can't help but think that if you enslave an entire people, the going forth is a bit of a problem right there. And then immediately after that, what's he do? He commands one of the most heinous things that we see in the entirety of the Bible until we see it again. He commands that the firstborn baby boy gets tossed into the river to file the Nile itself, to file creation in that way. We have a man, Pharaoh, that is choosing his own power instead of the will of God is what we get in Exodus 1. We literally get a repeat of the first sin because that's what Adam and Eve was we chose to be god ourselves we choose our own will over that of god and so we see a repeat right there of the fall so so far in these two chapters we start off with an echo to creation itself then we see an echo to the fall itself and then we see a little boy that is put in a basket his own little personal ark whisked off down the river we see the flood Whenever you get these echoes of stories gone past, you always pick up on it because it teaches you a little something about how you are to read your Bible. But what it also does is, is that when there are differences, it really makes them pop out. It really makes you need to pay attention to them. And where in the original flood, we get all of the people washed away and only the and Noah and his family and the critters survive, here we get something else completely here we get, because Moses' mother decided that she was going to trust God enough that she would put her little baby in that place and just set him off, we get the baby showing up in the den of the enemy himself in Pharaoh's household. And there is a daughter who, by all accounts, should be somebody that is impossibly evil, just like her father, because that's the only thing we know of the Egyptian royal family. They are not good people. Instead, looks at this little baby boy and does something that kind of undoes the curses of the fall all on its own. In the curses of the fall, we have the, there will be pain in childbirth. In the curses of the fall, we get that there is going to be this tension between the generations that will go down throughout everything. But here. Pharaoh's daughter shows love. Pharaoh's daughter shows love because Moses' mother put her little baby boy in God's hands. Because Moses' mother acted in faithfulness, in Pharaoh's daughter we see an undoing of sin itself. And because of that, Moses grows up to be the salvation of his people, leading them into freedom, leading them out of Egypt into the promised land, all because of this act of faithfulness and that act of love. But there are other times when we get flood narratives throughout the Bible. And probably the one that we know the best, other than the flood itself, isn't Moses. It's in the beginning of the Gospels. Because what happens with Jesus With Jesus, what we get is right at the beginning, God chooses a woman. A woman who the only thing we really know about her is is that she is young and that she is a relative of some sort of Zechariah. Zechariah, who is a Levite, he's the priest in the temple. And so there we are shown a young woman that is also, in some way, speaking on behalf of God and you will have my son. You will give birth to the Lord, and you will call him Jesus. We see creation there, and when Jesus is born, oh, is that little boy good. And then what happens after that? We look in the story of John, and we see sin in all of its ravages once again. Herod pulling very much so a Pharaoh, Herod is very concerned that this new king of the Jews is going to come and usurp him. And so instead of just being okay with what is clearly God's will, the birth of his son, instead he orders the death of every new boy in the entirety of his kingdom. And Jesus survives that through the act of wonderful sacrifice on behalf of the wise men. But then we see water as well. And where Noah rode on top of the waves and where Moses rode his little basket on top of the Nile, Jesus instead is through the thick of it. He goes down into the waters himself, and then when he comes back up at the time of his baptism, God claims him saying, this is my son whom I love. And so what do you see there? You see creation, you see the full of the fall, and then you see the flood. But where the purification of the waters the first time around takes out everything except for Noah and his family, and where the purification of the waters of the flood the second time around with Moses take out all well, they don't take out much of anything. They actually save the people. But with Jesus. The purifying waters that were his baptism, they do something entirely different. They provide the salvation for all people. And so you see that this purification of God, it moves from just from a small to a people to everything. Everything, if only we just believe in our Lord and follow him. There's a fourth story of the flood as well. And we're not going to spend too much time looking at it, but it's in the book of Revelation. And there we see purification finally doing everything that it is meant to. The refiner's fire comes. And what is left in the end for the righteous is heaven come down. On earth, all things not just as they were in creation, but as they were meant to be fully, all things perfection and beyond, God ruling on his throne among us. And so there's a bit of a thread there. By Noah being and acting in righteousness, his family is saved because the ark is built by Moses' mother acting in righteousness, then the salvation for all of her people comes through her son. And then by Jesus acting in righteousness, because what is baptism, if not the beginning of that? Why are you baptized? Why am I baptizing you is what John says. The reason I am baptizing, being baptized, Jesus responds, is to fulfill all righteousness. That is that... Everything that comes afterwards, we know that he is doing on behalf of God. And so by following Jesus' example, what do we have there? We have this path that by following him, as we now see demonstrated, we can know that same salvation. So by Jesus' living in that righteousness and that faithfulness, we see that things can be set right. We see that relationships can be mended, creation can be healed. We see that we can know God again because when we look at Jesus, that's, that's what we're seeing. And we also know that by living in faithfulness, that ends us at the time of the fourth flood as well. It ends us at the time where finally, permanently, all things are set right. Finally, permanently, heaven has come. The kingdom is built. No more pain, no more suffering. Things are as they should be. Living in faithfulness to God is something that we are commanded to do straight from the beginning straight from the creation narratives through to the flood, and then with Moses, and then with Jesus, and then we see what comes from living in faithfulness right at the end in Revelation. And for my money at least, what we see in the end, where things are set to how they should be, seeing that that is what will come, of following our Lord with all we are, What a beautiful end that is. So that's what I have for you this morning. I think I remembered most of it. Also hope it made some sense. (laughs) But, as I said before, today is the installation of Gordon Christine. And talking about living in faithfulness, if there was ever a position in the church that is all about that, all about living in faithfulness. That is that of the deaconate. And so I'd like to ask Gordon and Christine to come up. I'd like to ask also Tammy and David and Jeff as well. Ah, Gordon and Christine. Because our congregation believes that God loves and tenderly cares for his church, We call deacons to lead us in sharing the love of Christ with one another. And the church has seen these gifts in you. And we have chosen you to take up the ministry of leading our church in this ministry of mercy. As you begin this ministry, then we remind you once more about the characteristics of deacons that we find in 1 Timothy 3, verses 8 to 13. And there we read... In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith and with a clear conscience, and they must first be tested. And then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women who are worthy of respect, not maliciousness, talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. And the writer concludes by saying, Those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith that is Jesus Christ. And so, word and Christine, we invite you to make the following commitments. With your response, you accept the responsibility that the church has given you and you commit yourself to his ministry before God. Do you believe that the Bible, both the Old and the New Testament, is the word of God, inspired by God and without error in all that it teaches for faith and conduct? If so, answer, I do. Do you accept the teachings and principles of the Evangelical Mennonite Conference, the EMC, as being in harmony with the Scriptures? And do you commit to furthering the spiritual unity of Christ in this congregation and conference through your work as God gives you insight? If so, say, I do. And do you accept the caregiving ministry of deacon in this congregation? And do you commit before God and his congregation that by God's enabling grace you will have mercy on the sick and the poor and the doubting, the mentally ill, the lonely, and those in grief? Will you show us how to be an ever more loving and merciful congregation? If so, answer, with the help of God, we will. will. Now to you, congregation. As a congregation, we have prayed and the Lord has guided. You have heard the commitment of Christine and Gordon Murray. Now you are invited to make this commitment by responding to those questions. Do you, as a congregation, welcome Gordon and Christine as your deacons? Do you commit to give abundant encouragement and cooperation as they seek to lead in the ministry of mercy in our church community? If so, indicate that by rising to your feet. Wonderful. Then let us commit them in prayer. Jesus,
2: thank you so much for Gordon and Christine, for their enthusiasm, their integrity, and their years of faithfulness in this community. To your way and we pray your blessing on them now as they continue that expressing that in this congregation
0: God I thank you for calling Gordon Christine to be part of our congregation and for accepting the role of deacons in our church I pray that you would give them a lot of wisdom and grace as they serve in this way I pray that they would um, be able to balance their family time their time as a couple with their ministries within the church and I pray that you would bless them and use them in mighty ways. Amen.
2: Our God, we thank you for Gordon and Christine. We thank you for each other (laughs) as our congregation. We pray that you would strengthen us, help us to accept the teachings and lessons that you have for us that will come through their actions and through their mouths. We pray that we would, also, be willing to direct and guide through our discernment together through their role as leaders in our congregation. We pray for ourselves and each other
3: as we look to you. Amen. God, I too pray for Gordon and Christine. I thank you for leading them here. I thank you for the lives that they have lived that give them the experiences they need to succeed. In this role, I thank you for how you have worked through their lives to bring them to the place where we know that they are who you are calling for us. God, we pray a blessing on them in their ministry. We pray a blessing upon us through their ministry as well. and We look forward to seeing how you will use Gordon Christine to build your kingdom, both in this congregation and in town, into the future as well. We pray these things in your name. Amen.
2: Please remain standing for the closing song. It uh, gives us kind of the ending of Russell's sermon, which is about the the glorious finish to our race and uh, the final purification and... And reward waiting for us in heaven. So it's number 554, I'll Fly Away.
1: Some glad morning when this life is over
3: benediction today comes from the book of Numbers. This is a benediction given from the Lord to Moses himself. God bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his face and bring you peace. Go now and serve our God.
1: Just a few moments. never end.